everybody. Um, it's Mike James with the Change Goods brand, and we have the Change for Good podcast. I have an interview for you all today. He's a local entrepreneur, realtor, creator, visionary, and one of my favorite investors who I follow dearly. His name is Christopher Register. Everybody meet Christopher Register. How's it going, everyone? Thank you for having me, Mike. I appreciate it. And sorry for the attire. I know I'm not looking like my professional self, but I, you know, we work out, we try to, you know, health is important to me. So I'm in my gym attire. So I will be going to the gym after this. It's all about time optimization. Steve Jobs, Mark Zuckerberg wears the same outfit every day. So it doesn't really matter unless you're presenting, showing a house. That's the only time you should actually look good in my opinion. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) At least you get the real version. This is really who I am. Absolutely. Yeah. Behind the scenes. So, Chris, I, I know a lot about you. I follow you a lot. Um, why don't you give yourself an introduction or did I do good enough for you? You're good if you uh, I have no problem adding to it just to kind of throw some stuff out there. I, I would say like if there was one word, if I was to say, hey, what's one word about yourself that, you, that I came up with? And I just think the term creator, I really am passionate about creating things and just anything that comes to my mind. I just feel like, you know what? I want to do that. I want to create that. Uh, I was like that way when I was younger, um, always playing on Microsoft Paint, which many people probably know. I used to go on there when I was you know, free time, had no responsibilities. Money wasn't an object. It wasn't about money. I was like, what was I passionate about when I was younger? And I realized I'm like, wow, man, I really just enjoyed creating things. And some people, I mean, this can obviously turn into a big conversation, but that alone, I think kind of like really when I went back and looked at myself like that, I'm like, all right, that's a big part of who I am. And I probably need to go in that direction in life. And I'm sure money and monetization will probably come from it. And today, you know, it's that's pretty much what's been happening. So I would say you can say entrepreneur, you know, real estate investor, real tour, been doing that for over 18 years. Uh, you know, I've written a couple books. So someone could say author, you can just see the, the whole creating thing. You know, I'm, I'm also uh, build mobile phone apps, still working on something that's very dear to my heart uh, with uh, my uh, social media platform. That's been about eight years in the making. But I just am passionate about creating, whether it's something that is super successful, sex, yeah, successful or not. Uh, it's just something that I like to do. I like to create. Oh, that's that's amazing. So I heard that you you always wanted to be a creator. So when did you bridge the gap between creator and entrepreneur? What would you say was your first entrepreneurial experience? My first entrepreneurial experience, this all started, I was still at O'Galley High School, which is a high school here in our town. And um, I had to get a job and that was my first job. And this job I got, there was some younger guy, they were probably in their early twenties, kind of rolling up in Ferraris and Lotuses. I'm like, what are these guys doing? Well, they were kind of entrepreneurs, creators themselves. So it kind of made me look at life a little bit because I was going to college, going that route. And uh, that kind of stimulated the first thought of like, hey, you know, there's other things out here that people are doing. Are you aware of that? And you know how to look at life. So uh, it kind of that was the first trigger. And I was watching others a little bit older than me. So there was more like of a mentor kind of thing that happened. And I was, you know, you got to follow sometimes before you lead. It's okay to do that. You get information to kind of scale up. And then um, I think from that point, um, I did, I saw what they were doing. So I tried to do some stuff. I was, uh, for example, I was probably about 19 years old and I was using eBay, which is, this is very popular now, but I was doing this before everyone's doing it now with the drop shipping and stuff. I was finding wholesale companies um, over overseas, over in China. There was, um, it was called like Laguna Beach. There was a show years ago, all the ladies liked it. And there was this Chanel purse bag that they all wanted and it was very expensive. 
well, not to be the guy that was buying knockoffs, but a lot of the ladies didn't care. They're like, I don't care. This thing looks really good. It's the quality. I will pay, you know, half the price or a complete discount for that. So I was buying stuff from China, wholesale, like wholesale pricing, and then selling it for retail on eBay and turning profit. So that's kind of things I was doing. You know, I was really always trying to, you know, I was creating a business, what I was doing online business. This is back in, you know, early 2000. And then, um, from that point on, it's just really, you know, I started reading a lot of books and things really just started expanding. So, I mean, I'm 40 years old now, but at that point I was like pretty much 20, 21 years old doing that. And, you know, I just, I just started to kind of, you kind of start finding yourself. There's, there's this whole life, this whole journey thing that you're, we're in is this, there's a stepping stone. And, you know, we always want to get from A to B like very fast thinking, oh, well, why am I not successful right now? It's like, oh, you know, relax, relax. Like I think Colonel Sanders was, it was not until maybe he was 60 or something or after 50 he did the KFC thing. So like yeah. everyone's got their own little unique path and, and I've seen people come up real successful. And then obviously it, you know, it doesn't like you, a fence that goes up quick can go down quick. So sometimes you have to be patient with yourself and understand that there's a stepping stone and there's information that life's trying to give you. And even if you're the guy at 20 years old in your eBay store, which is what I was having, wasn't, didn't fully work out. And then the next business of opening up some retail stores in the malls, which is something else I did, didn't work out. It's all information. And all that has led me to what I'm doing today. And it's given me information to be successful today. So if that's just, I mean, I know I'm kind of just throwing this all out there. Those are some things that have actually helped me is that just like every little scenario, every some, something that I did, whether it was a failure or a success, they gave me something for something further down the line. And it's working today is what I'm saying. That's amazing because one of the things that I admire about you and that I picked up on is that you're somewhat of a visionary. And then even though like, even when I hear your market analysis, because I do follow you on social media, if you guys want to check him out. I will, when I edit this movie, I'll put his his tag in there, but he's Christopher Register on, on Instagram. You can look yes. him up there, but I really like how you have an intellectual way of a controversial view is one of the things that I like, like the way you look at the markets and things like that. But before I get into that, I would like for you to touch on, you mentored that, you mentioned mentorship. And one of the things that I also like because I follow you in other places too that you mentioned on like you take breaks from social media, right? And mm -hmm. it's because the entrepreneurial thing I think is kind of toxic, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. the culture of it. And mm -hmm. when it comes to mentorship at that age, when you were earlier in your career or in your journey on entrepreneurship, where did you seek mentorship from? Did you pay for it? Did you seek books? Like, I would like to hear where did you go with that? Okay. So I'm going to give you two. So, uh, I was blessed to, uh, be in around. And when I got that job from, from cause O'Galley high school was like, Hey, you guys got to go get a job for this program that you're doing. I'm like, okay. And it landed me at this cell phone company where there was these young entrepreneurs that were business people. And, you know, there's, there's a couple of them that were all there, but we'll just use John Curry, who I'm with now I'm at the office, Realty World Curry Properties, which is John's business. And, you know, still to this day, it's been over 20 years, pretty much about 20 years that we've been working together that John Curry was, you know, 24 years old and he did some extraordinary things. And I got to pretty much be near him and be around him and pick up his traits, his habits. Um, he pretty much was kind of mentoring me, whether he knew it or not. I didn't ask for it. It just kind of happened. He, he was willing to help me because he saw that I was 
pretty much you don't you don't like they're not going to come and find you the mentors aren't going to like hey i want to go mentor somebody that's not how that's not what happens you find you you they'll help you a successful person loves to talk about and give and help they really do and um i actually enjoy helping people too not that i'm like the grand all success but i like to help people so um if they come to me and i see somebody coming to me and i was like around him and i was coming to him and always just there showing that i wanted to help and i had energy and i wanted to take action and i just want to help you man i just want and it's, that's how it all happened with him, right? So if you're, if you find somebody, and the other thing I liked about John is um, for, you know, just his mentor is that it was more authentic. Cause I have, you know, I, I don't know. I just, like you say, it's like toxic. It can be like real bad the way uh, maybe people are pushing entrepreneurship or saying how to do it. And like some of this stuff to me just really compromises integrity and nothing that I've done that I, in the sales, you know, I've sold over, um, $50 million in real estate over 200 and some flips and stuff. Nothing I have done that has been a success ever compromised integrity. I never manipulated, lied, or tried to cheat or try to hustle to get somewhere and to get to the top. And I know, and I never did anything that was, you know, just misleading in a way. And, you know, not to, you know, I'll use, we'll just use this as an example. Let's say uh, YouTube and stuff with like the clickbait, the, the, the image might say one thing, but the video is not, but it's to get you to click it. So that kind of misleading, I don't, I never did that. I'm like actually against that. I don't, I don't think that that's the way to do things. I don't think, you, I think if you have quality content and you have real stuff and you know how to make things happen and you are it, you're the real deal, you're the leader, then all you have to do is just kick that out there and it'll come to you. There is no, Hey, trying to get people to follow you to get likes. If you look at like Elon Musk and all these like big time creators of the world, they have a ton of followers, right? Were they doing clickbait? Were they doing any? No, they just made, they were creators. They made an impact. They just made an impact and then it'll come to you. So that's kind of the mindset really you need to have. But I think um, there's the toxic side of, of entrepreneurship and stuff like that, that, that because they, that's, the, that's the real way. That's the hard way. But they're like, hey, what's the shortcut? And the shortcut can be very like, doing not, you're not working on your character. You're pretty much the way you're acting and the energy you're throwing out can be very bad. You could be okay with manipulating, lying, cheating, stealing from people to get to the top. You can be okay with that. There's a, a bunch of that going on in entrepreneurs. So it's, it, it, when you mentioned that earlier, I'm like, there is that going on. But then when I was around John and stuff, we did it and we didn't compromise integrity, which is the way I would do it in the way, because that's, that's the real longevity that's going to keep you around. So besides John being a mentor, uh, the, you can go to the books. A lot of the books these authors were my mentors. You don't, you can go to them and they're, they're already pouring it out to you. So it's, it's no different than me chasing John down, telling him, Hey man, tell me how you started that restaurant. Tell me how you started that wireless business. I can go to a book and that book is telling me that he's giving me that. And I, I read a lot. So a lot of people, I was stopped one time because uh, I used to have a Dodge Viper. I don't, I sell the car and stuff. It's not always about cars and stuff to me anymore, but I remember going through um, the car wash over here, ocean spray, and I was getting it clean. And a guy, a kid came up to me. He's like, Hey man, got a question for you. How, how do I, how do I get this and stuff? How do I, how did you get this? And how did you get this car? And how did, cause he, he looked at me, the perception was, Oh, this guy must be doing something. He's a younger guy. I was probably in my eh, early thirties. And I had, you know, this nice car that stood out. And um, I told him, I said, and I read, I, you got to read the books, man, that there's actually, and some people will feel like, oh, I don't need, that's like for weak people. And I don't want to have to work on myself. I'm like, bro, you're going to, you know, you got to drop that ego. Like you need, you need to w w be willing to listen. We have two ears and one mouth for a reason. Like you need to be taking in information because there's people on the earth that have already went down there and done things in life. And then in turn, like they've got success and they have information for somebody that maybe is just coming up. 
which is how mentorship works. So those books are mentors to me. So besides John Curry, um, those books, those books, those books were very, very helpful. That's a great segue to my next question. I'm someone who's also a reader. You mentioned Elon Musk. He's someone who's a self-taught physicist because he reads a lot. He does more reading than consuming. I like to say the easiest way to hide the truth is in a book, <clears throat> is most people just do not like to read. What are your five favorite books that you're going to read that you recommend someone reads? The Alchemist, I actually read this one more later than I should, but I think The Alchemist was a really good book uh, just because of the way that journey, I really went through that whole, and I can, as I'm saying that, The Alchemist, I can just think of the journey and what it was, the, the message and everything. It was just really good, just from start to finish and just kind of a way to look at life. Um, I would say another one is um, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. I naturally, when I read that book, I was like, oh my gosh, I already do this, what he's teaching. I'm like, I didn't even think about this. This is like one of the keys to being successful in real estate because we're selling service. How are you working with people? Like, what kind of person are you? Are you giving them what you would want to be received? So um, that working with people on that one was good. Um, you said three, uh, third circle theory. This is one of the first books I read. I actually really liked that. That helped me understand where I, where you can get stuck in the, it's a theory of, you know, one circle, two circles, three, and you want to get to the third. You actually want to get to the point where you're outside the circle and you're looking at life from a different angle and you can get stuck in the ego can play with you and stuff like that. So that was a good book. Um, let me give you a couple more. So, um, I mean, Jack, Canfield's The Success Principles, it just came to my mind. There's probably other ones, but the, I gave you my top three really right there. Um, Jack Canfield's The Success Principles had some good stuff. Now, a lot of these do have the same kind of stuff you'll get from other, other books and stuff. Um, I actually really like the Everything Store by Brad Stone, which was the uh, Amazon, because I like business and how it got created. Like mm -hmm. I said, I was, I'm like, I'm a creator. So it's like, all right, well, how did he create that, you know? Jeff Bezos is at Wall Street, took a, like the whole story was really interesting. He took a risk. He didn't really, went out West and it was a bookstore online and you guys see what it is today. So the everything store was really good too. And um, gosh, there's so many other things that I, there's so many that I can tell you. I actually liked um, how Google works actually too. So I'll just go branch off of Amazon and go over to Google. And there were some things I learned in, in Google on how Google works. And it wasn't just about like how the Google works, but it's like, how the business was kind of created and how it started and the way they saw things and they didn't go after money. They wanted to be the best search engine. Forget the ads right now. Let's be, it was, well, they didn't chase the money. They didn't chase the money. Mm -hmm. They didn't let money compromise their integrity to do something great, which is where Google's at now. Now people might talk about privacy now with some of these guys and stuff. That's well, a whole different thing. That's, that's but the evolution of, yeah. They weren't there doing that at the beginning. I think, you know, you got to, you got to read that and catch on to say, you know, what? if you get to a high point, you get real successful. What kind of person are you going to be? That's when working on your character and who you are as a person, it means a lot. You know, what kind of person is he? What kind of person is she? You know? So anyways, uh, those are, those are some good books right there. But I would say my, my top ones would be the alchemist, the, the, how to win friends and influence people is up there. Yeah, definitely. Those are my, like, The Alchemist is a great book. Oh, I think his name's Paolo Coelho. I always pronounce his name wrong. I should get better with that. Probably listen to it somewhere on Google, find out how to pronounce his name. Yeah. Um, an interesting thing is that I read that Amazon told their shareholders that they weren't going to receive profits for 20 years. And I thought that was interesting to how he didn't go for the money either. And he was just trying to distribute books at the beginning. And to see the growth of Amazon was like great too as well. 
what you say is true. If you go on YouTube, you can go on and type in like Amazon 60 minutes or something. And there's this video skit that's very, it's interesting to watch. And this guy is interviewing, talking about Amazon, how they're not turning a profit and um, how it's just a bookstore and stuff, but everyone's betting on it. And then at the end, this is where it's interesting. He's like, so you're trying to tell me a couple of geeks that sketched out some software is going to take down Sears, uh, Sears Roebuck. That's what he says. And you guys know that chart went to zero, but this is before it all happened. And the, the gentleman he was interviewing is like, that's the power of the microprocessor and the power of the internet. And that happened. It happened. Crazy watching that video. It's, speaking of books and you're a very humble person, but I'm going to shamelessly plug one that I've been reading the navigator oh, here. Look at that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then so yeah. I, I recommend you guys read it. There's probably, I can connect you to it. I'll leave a link in the description so you can get access to that book. It's a fantastic read. It's definitely, if you're somebody who's searching for more to life, it's a great book to help guide you along the way, similar to The Alchemist. And then it's just, books are what you take from it. The book is your experience, is my favorite thing about reading. It's not like, it's funny how, like most people, I know you're humble, and it's a, uh, most, if you ask the author, they're going to downplay how much value you get. And then something that you said earlier is that success in anything is what value do you bring to the marketplace is essentially anything. If you want success in anything, I believe that. But to go back to the book, you have these four pillars that you talk about in there. And I would like to, you to tell people just to give them a little taste of your mindset on the four pillars and being happy in life. Absolutely. And I will say, yeah, I'm going to downplay the book a little bit. I think there's some <laughs> gems out of every book, though. I think I could say, honestly, hey, if you read the book, you'll probably get a couple of gems because every book I've read, I've got a couple of gems out of there, meaning some good, something that programmed me. Um, so it's health. These are the four pillars. And I actually learned this from, this is Ty Lopez. This is coming from something else. And then I'm like, yeah, and I started thinking about it, analyzing a lot and really put it in my own way after I thought about him saying that which he probably got it from something, but uh, health, wealth is two pillars. The third one would be like love and relationships. And then the fourth one would be uh, fulfillment, right? So what you'd want to do is you want to take those four pillars and you might want to grade yourself and say, you know what, how is my health from one to 10? You know, write that down. What is my wealth from one to 10? And look at what your like kind of levels are, like which ones are getting attention because at the end of the day, you want to live a pretty awesome life. You want to have a good life. Those four pillars are all going to make up you being happy and having this wonderful life. Now you'll hear out there is like, why is this guy like a billionaire and he's unhappy? Well, what's his health like? What's his love and relationships like? How's this fulfillment in life? And you might say, well, what's fulfillment? I'm like, fulfillment could be anything. Like I'm hanging out right now with MJ, Mike James doing this podcast. We could go out and have a drink. We can go hang out at the beach. We can go, you know, to a sports game. We can go play fantasy football. We can go anything like go to the movies like that's like little bits like i could be a part of a softball league whatever something like that would be that little bit of fulfillment those are little dopamine hits that kind of are fun in life but then you also have that like love and relationship like what are your relationships you got a lot of because i mean we are humans man humans to humans like that's that's something you need try to when you detach too much it can make it can be kind of sad it's nice to be around people so like what are your relationships some people get kind of lonely so the billionaire that has a lot of money might not be a nice person you know, he didn't work on himself and he's, yeah, he made all this money the wrong, probably could be the wrong way and just didn't work on himself, push people away. We've heard about these stories before and he's just a lonely guy. People don't want to be around him and stuff. So how is his relationships and even his love life? Is he, because love to me is like the highest positive feeling a human can get. And I think at the end of the day, 
we all want that. I think the heart wants that. It's just a way we're subconscious way we are. And um, just it's, we want it. And um, we kind of do little, little dopamine hits in life, you know, like that kind of get us through, but it never, it's never, it's always a short-term live like cycle that you got to go back and go do that again and again. And when you get something that's like love and you get like, maybe you find your soulmate, that counterpart in life, that's going to feel good all the time. It's not going to be like these, like, Oh, you got to go get the likes again. Oh, you got to go post another picture on Instagram to get the likes to feel good. That's what that is. Unfortunately, like, Hey, we do that because we want attention. We want to feel good. Well, really what's happening is like, I want to be in love. I want love. That's the way I look at it. And we're trying to find it. Some people are, and it's just the way the world is today is a little tougher, but not going fully down that route. That's a whole nother topic, but that would be like, how is that category for somebody's life? You know, and then we can go to the wealth today. It's not always about money, but money makes it's a, it's a resource. It's something that helps our lives. It gives you, you know, time. It helps you eat food. It's, we need money. It's a part of the way the world is. So um, not that it's all about that, but if you have a good amount of wealth, you actually can have like freedom and you can literally not have to worry about things as much, less stress and things like that. So money's not going to buy you time. We know that because here I'm born and here I'm going to, I can't, I mean, we have money's not. So you got to think about how powerful is money. It can make you do some things. Money can buy you good times. Let's put it that way. Can money buy you a good time? Money can buy you good times. It's fun coupons in a way, but at the end of the day, is it going to buy you more time? Mm, yeah, is it going to, it's, it can only go so far with health. It can help you with like health and stuff, but it can't fully like, Hey, this money can't just solve these problems. And can money go actually buy you love? Can it go, can it say, Hey, yeah, here's a hundred thousand dollars. I want my soulmate to show up, show up. <laughs> it can't do that. No one can like, that's something that's completely outside of money. And obviously connecting between two people is that has a value. That's a very value, that connection between, you know, maybe, you know, me and like a woman that I'm like really attracted to, like, I can't go buy that. Everyone would go do that real easily. So anyways, um, money, I think, is used here. It's good for, for a lot of things. And it's good it's, to me. It's like, you know, fun coupons and it can buy you a good time and make life easier. But there's some things you don't put it all the way to the top. And then also health, which is my number one pillar. If that is done, because I've had health tr uh, troubles in my life and it's made me do a, learn a lot and have to do a lot and look at life differently. Those he that health, once it goes go ahead and have fun with all the other categories because you're not going to be, let's say your health goes on you. Are you going to be in, let's say your energy goes and you have chronic fatigue syndrome or, and then you start developing depression, anxiety, brain fog. Think of you that happens to you and you have like aches and pains. Are you going to be really hustling and trying to get out there and make as much money? You're going to be motivated. Probably not. Probably not. How are you going to be with, you know, maybe you meet your soulmate, this wonderful woman that you find and your mood's kind of low, your energy's not there. She's like, I don't really like this. This guy's kind of like, well, that's what can happen. Do you want to go out with your friends? Do you feel good about going out? No, I'm just, I don't feel good. I don't feel like going out tonight, but you just killed three pillars by that health so quickly, <laughs> which is why health is number one to me. Make sure that body's operating right. Make sure you're feeling good. And then those other pillars are going to be a lot easier. You're going to be able to attract those in. So definitely never neglect your health. So you can have the billionaire. And I know Tony Robbins had this one time, some guy who was like super depressed and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he had all this money and he was depressed. It's like, well, how is he depressed? Because there's other pillars and there's other things in life that are going to make you happy. And at the end of the day, you know, you're born, unfortunately we pass away. I think at, at the end of the day, the human just wants to feel good during this time and feel as amazing as possible. And I think love is up there as the top. And uh, there's all these like, you know, dopamine hits that money can buy and stuff, you know, good times. So, you know, but you gotta, it's, there's a lot here, but you gotta look at those four pillars. You gotta focus on the four pillars. You can't, you can't really neglect one of them.
I strongly agree with that. Part of my angle, my presence on social media is that me as a fitness instructor, you see a lot of the influencers out there pushing the, the serotonin on seeing someone else. Like what I can do physically does nothing for you. You know, so watching me do something, I can inspire you by watching me do it. But I like, so I do a lot of productivity content, a lot of mindset stuff, because I believe just like you said, one is I believe the Aladdin theory is that he could have anything he want. He couldn't bring anyone back from the dead and he couldn't make Jasmine fall in love with him. You know, like that was something that he had to earn. So I always say like exactly with the four pillars resonated with me because I always in the head. It's like you couldn't rub a genie lamp and make someone give that to you. But also, just in case there's anyone out there that the, the relevance of money is real, meaning that the acquisition of it is important only to sustain a lifestyle that you care about. You know, so it's not like, and like if you don't value money and you don't care about materialistic things and not saying that money needs those things, but just like you said earlier about your Dodge Viper, you know, it's like the Honda Accord is just as efficient, just not as quick as the Dodge Viper, you know? And then so it's like, it's not about the materialistic things, but just to quote something else from your book, I'm gonna be selfish here for a little bit here because in the book, you mentioned how we're all selfish. I want to know in you as a realtor, right? I would love to get, what if I was a new realtor to the market, just in general, let's not talk about market conditions quite yet. I -hmm. want to know if you're someone who's thinking about real estate or you want to, because I understand you train realtors as well, right? Yes, I do. I understand. So I understand that you do that. What advice would you have for a new person into real estate as in what they should expect in their first year as a realtor? You should, you should expect to, to chase at the beginning. And the reason why is because you are pretty much starting up. You're an entrepreneur at this point, if you're a realtor, because you're starting a business and that business is you selling service. And that service is you. The beauty about it is, and just to kind of sum it up, is that I get my license. I'm a realtor. Do I have a product I'm selling? No. Do I, is there anything I, do I got to manage employees or anything like that? No. Do I have any customers right now? No, I don't have anything. Well, what am I doing? I'm like, well, you're selling service. You're selling your service. There's 7,000 realtors right now in Brevard County. And we're all trying to get somebody to do a deal with us. Like, let me represent you and service you and help you sell your house. So let me help you buy your house or help you find a rental or help you flip a house. That's, that's why I'm selling that service. I'm selling knowledge. I'm selling information to help somebody do something that they want to do. So I'm selling service. So if I get my license and I'm new in the business and you're like, okay, what do I do? And I'm like, well, you're going to be no different than the restaurant. Let's say you went and opened up a pizza place, right? And you just put it in a plaza. There's a plaza right here and you just opened up. I'm like, does anybody know anything about you? No. So what should you be doing? I'm like, well, you probably want to put some signs on the road here to start marking yourself to try to drive some traffic in. And when people come in, you better have a, make a positive impact on them. Why? Because you want to get them to come back again, which would be how a realtor is to referral. So if you are the Italian pizzeria restaurant, you're going to then start marketing yourself. Hey, come into my restaurant, come into the restaurant. And when they do come in, what are you going to have? Well, you better have good food. You better have good prices. You better have a good service, clean atmosphere, make a positive impact on them because you want them to want to come back and also tell other people about it. And that's how you get your business going. 
So let's think about that. If that analogy is the same way for a realtor, what do you do? Well, I'm going to act just like the pizzeria. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get my license. No one knows I'm in the business, just like the pizzeria just opened up. I want, no one knows about my service. I don't know anything about me. So what do I need to do? I need to start marketing myself. I need to start chasing. Remember, I'm running a business now, which is why I'm like, hey, you're the CEO and you're selling service. The beauty is you're just managing yourself. You don't got to manage anybody. You don't got to manage any employees or nothing, no products. You just got to manage yourself. You got to sell yourself. How do you sell yourself? Well, I encourage people to obviously read books and work on themselves because if you're selling service and you're, you are involved in this, you are the product in a way. I want you to be the top-notch level of a human being when you speak to people. I want you to be able to communicate to any type of personality. I want you to be able to adjust to them. These are like intangible traits that somebody would tap into to develop. There's a lot of intangible traits that a human being needs to be very successful, which could be a whole nother topic. Um, but anyway, so at the beginning, what to expect, you're going to have to chase, you're going to have to market yourself and put yourself out there. And you're going to have to gather some information. You might want a good trainer or somebody that's actually going to give you all the ins and outs of the real estate business from contracts to going on listing appointments, to working with buyers, to, you know, using the software that we have to use um, to understanding everything, valuations, appraisals and things, the whole business, mortgages, the whole transaction, everything. I'll give you that. We're then going to market yourself to the public. Say, hey, I'm this, I'm that, you know, whatever. Use me, use me, use me. And, you know, obviously make friends, make, making friends, like knowing people and network. Network, net worth. You might have, it might have been you telling me about this or whatever. We're talking about your net, what is your net worth, your network, right? You have to network. So I could, I could take two agents, one that doesn't know anything about contracts or anything like that. And one that's really, really good with contracts and understands the business. One person, the agent with that doesn't know anything about the business has a big network, right? The other one doesn't. Who's going to be more successful, the one with the network or the one without the network? And the one with the network that doesn't know anything, those relationships, they're going to do, they're going to figure out, they're going to slowly do it. It might be sloppy, but I'm going to tell you what, I see it all the time in the business. I see agents that don't know really much about the, the whole industry or anything or know about it. They're bad with numbers and everything. They're closing deals. Then you got this other person that's super sharp, super smart, and they aren't doing that. It's just like, I need you to market yourself. You need to get a better network. This person already has that. Maybe because they lived in town, they grew up here, makes it easier on them. I get an agent that comes from out of town. I'm like, you know anybody? No. So at the beginning, this person, I always tell everyone's going to have to chase. So whether you got a network or not, the main thing is you're going to have to chase for the first couple of years and build yourself up because you just built a business. You're no different than the restaurant that just opened up. You're going to have to market. We got to market ourselves, but you should have, you should have knowledge and stuff because when you do, you do get a customer, I want you to make a positive impact. Why? Just like the pizza place. I want them to come back to you again, or I want them to refer you because everyone has family, friends and stuff like that. So yeah, you got to chase. That would be the way you're going to have to chase at the beginning. And that's how it, oh, that's, that's how it'd be. I love that little tidbit that you went there with the, the networking, right? So I made a mm -hmm. note of that, is that I think personally that it's the person or even yourself, the less that you know about something is the more receptible you are to information. It's harder to unlearn your ego and your mm -hmm. bad habits, meaning that like I'd say if I know a little bit about real estate and then you go in there and then you have an ego that I already know, I just need to get some leads or something like that, you know, like that will stand in the way as to somebody who's just starting and they're hungry and they're like, Chris, I need you to tell me something. What should I be doing to do this? And then it's just like, it goes right back to how you found mentorship from John is that it took you 
to be malleable, to want to learn how they acquired the thing that that attracted you at first, that that kind of ambition and that drive. Like I can mm -hmm. see how that's that was really valuable information about building the network and then someone who just understands all of the articles that's in the laws of real estate and things like that, because eventually you have to earn trust in order to get leads. And is so I, I really absolutely really like that. Yes, sir. And, yep. um, so, so now what everybody wants to know with your own experience is what is your, I've seen some of your videos. You put a lot of videos out about the market conditions. One of my favorite things on why I, I chose you as a representation, as an interview is because I like the value that you give to the public on how many homes were available and then how many are being sold. I really appreciate that content because you're a solution-based person. And I really admire that by you. So when I ask this question, it's just in general, I just truly just want to know your thoughts on where do you see the market conditions as if you were someone who was looking to buy a home? Okay. So, you know, I'm going to be upfront and straight honest about this answer, whether people like it or not. Um, I think this is uh, probably one of the worst times in the history that I've been alive to buy. Uh, I think um, 2008 was bad. I think this is going to be worse. Uh, some of the stuff that I'm hearing and, you know, I'm in the business, so I understand and I'm an analyzing. I was in the business since 05 and I've been tracking it and I watched it go up and I watched it go down. I watched the sentiment. I've watched how like this all has happened. And then I see where we're at today and I'm like, wow, the same information that, that we were, we should have learned from then. We're not really, no one learns. Like, they say, oh, well, be, you know, be fearful, you know, when others are greedy and be greedy when other, like all the little sayings. I'm like, well, hey, are we are we going to use that information or no? Like, you know, I could I could talk to people back when the market crashed and it bottomed out and they say, oh, man, if this ever happens again, I'm not getting caught in it. And I'm thinking your emotions like, I don't know, just the mind like people get caught in it all the time. So um, I guess if you're trying to buy a house and you have to, um, there's a couple of ways to look at it. It's probably not a black and white, Hey, don't buy or yes, buy. It depends on your scenario. But um, if somebody was like, Hey, I don't, you know, I, I'm live with family and stuff like that. And I don't have any overhead right now. I'd be like, Oh, absolutely. Do not touch. You should be getting capital right now, getting us dollars fiat and just stacking that right now. And they might be like, Oh, well that's, you know, they're printing so much of it isn't getting weaker. And I'm like, well, that's what the media is telling you, but you might want to look a little differently at that because it's the best use case in the world. It's still the main thing that everyone's using. All the businesses are accepting. It's got the best use case right now for today, right? Mm -hmm. But maybe in the future it might not. But um, you know, the, the besides the rates going up a little bit, they're still very, very low. But the prices are at levels that are just unheard of. They've never got to these prices before. So when things push up, I mean, what goes up goes down, and it's just going to be hard for it to kind of maintain. So if you want to buy, you can. You um, you might have a you know, if you can afford your mortgage and stuff, then that's fine. But is is it's really case by case. I mean, I've had people like that are selling and then they go and buy. And I'm like, oh, well, they just capitalized on the high market and then it's a sideways move. So somebody that's selling to buy, I'm like, what's well, a sideways move? And some people are like, hey, I need to because rents are up so much. And then they start comparing rent to purchasing and it might be the same now is what we're coming up with or you know, purchasing might be just a little bit more. But ultimately the, the rental pool, it's just the, the, the time right now is the worst for everything. To be a buyer in anything, cars, mm -hmm. anything, and go look at insurance policies, anything. Tell me something, even food, you know, food, there's like a shortage of that. So the food oh, prices yeah. are going up, gas prices are going up, car prices are going up, boats are going up. 
So if anyone's like, hey, I'm buying right now, I don't care what you're buying. It's you're probably buying at you're buying at a high point. And ideally, you should probably be either the seller if you can be, or you should just be probably exchanging your time, servicing and acquiring money because I think this thing resets and I think it comes down. So if I was a buyer and I need and I didn't really need to buy, then I would hold off. And someone might say, Oh, what well, I don't want to rent, I'm throwing money away. And then I have this conversation with them too. I'm like, well, <laughs> when you buy a house and you get a mortgage, I know it feels like you own it and you're attached to it. There's a good and bad thing to this when you're attached to something at a high point, <laughs> right? It's got you attached. Okay. You buy it's your house, you own it. You feel good, right? Yeah. But the first like five years, you're paying interest only. So you're like renting, you're not knocking down your principal, right? And we know that the average person typically after five years, they're already wanting to get a new house, upgraded stuff. So what happens is you're like, wow. So you're telling me that like for the first five years, you're not really hitting principal, very little. And I'm like, yeah, so five years, you're pretty much renting from Chase Bank or Bank of America, or whoever's doing your home loan, you're renting from them. No different than you're renting from the landlord. Here's the difference. You just attached yourself to that asset at the high point of the market. Let's say the market drops. Now your house is worth less. You're attached to it. You're upside down and you're renting from the bank though. You're renting from the bank. You could have been renting from a landlord and not attached to it. So if the market drops and now you're starting to see some better prices, well, you're not going to mess with your credit and stuff. Well, you, uh, you know, it's not going to mess with you being upside down. You're not going to be tied in with you know, too much debt for this, this house that you have because you have been renting from somebody and not owned anything yet. You are presented with a better opportunity. So I don't think a lot of people think about that when you are renting sometimes and you're buying you at the first, you could be renting for five years and you know, buy something. And for the first five years, you're just paying interest really. On that, on that loan, you're not really hitting the principal, but you're attached to that house. So yes, if the market's at a bottom and low prices and you're attached to it, that's great. Why? Because the market going up will give you that equity and then you can sell and make money, which is what happened to a lot of people, right? But then if you buy now and you're somebody that's like, oh, I'm gonna buy now, you're doing the opposite. You're attached to it at a high point. Are you gonna be able to get some equity? Probably, probably not. This thing's pretty, <laughs> it's already, the equity's ran. You're buying the top. So if the opposite happens and it comes down, well, now you're attached to that negative equity. Now you're attached to a negative asset, you know, unless you figure out a way to rent it out. And but you're, it's just, it can be a mess when you get attached. So there, it's, it's kind of thorough when I talk about stuff like that, but I'm giving you some good insight on it. Like I analyze it a lot. You know, you can either be attached to something at a high market or you can be not attached to it. And being attached, if it goes down, it's going to hurt you. If you're not attached to it and you're both, pretty much renting the way I look at it, renting from the bank you just bought it from, renting from a landlord. The guy that's not attached is going to be free in five years to credit probably won't be dinged, not going to be attached to a negative asset. That person, guy or gal, is going to be able to go ahead and buy freely at some probably cheap prices, maybe some higher interest rates, but they'll have a little bit different pool, a little bit of a different pool. Yeah, that's, that's it's the one reason why I asked you that question is because I believe trust is the most valuable resource in the marketplace. And you mentioned something about investing, right? Like, so it's like, it's, I like to believe in everything. Like when you said that, look at everything, the cost of everything. I believe like when you were saying like get liquid and paper fiat, I think more people, because you know, the news media is doom and gloomy. Um, I read it like, there's this book that I read, The Culture of Fear by Barry Glasgow. and mm -hmm. There's a statistic in there that 90% of news media is only negative, right? So there's things that if you're watching the news all the time, like whether what people think, like I'm a crypto investor, you're a crypto investor, 
And it's like, most people think that because you're in crypto, you're anti-fiat. And it was like, no, I just want to maintain money, you know? And mm -hmm. it's like, and I'm interested in making money to maintain my lifestyle and provide for my family, friends, or whomever that I need to. But I like to think that when it comes to investing, it's know what you own and why you own it. It's the same thing with a home. It's like, even if you have to buy the house, like you were saying, you have five years of not hitting principal. And then there's this whole dialogue where people think that renting is bad, but it also can save you. It's like using your tools and your resources. It's like, just like you were saying earlier, it's, it's the health and wealth thing that those things are all those four pillars are all synonymous to equal the end game, which is your own personal happiness is why like, and I know it seems like I'm completely going hard about this book, but I just like, I just want people to know the value of the mindset of the person that you are and the things like I admire. And that's why I sought out this interview is because I think that you're just an incredible human being. And I think that you you're compassionate, you know, you're, you're very thoughtful. Um, you're not closed minded. You're all, you're very open to new sources of information, and, but you also have a solid foundation on your own core values. And, mm -hmm. and so and like, and, and I really think that when you say things that it's really valuable to get that from you. And so just, I wanted to just give you that, that rose. Thank so you. I appreciate that, man. And, I'll take that rose. And then, <laughs> there was the, the bachelor there. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. I got a rose. Everybody. Yeah. Oh, Justin, speaking of which I, I'm not, but I just have to say, are you single? Ah, yeah, I, uh, I am. I am single. Yeah. All right. And that I'm, I'm, the and ladies it's, out there. If you yeah. They're <laughs> I get that a lot. That was They'll usually ask in the comments sometimes, like, "Hey, is this guy single or something?" I mean, <laughs> only because not that like you know, like every you know every woman is like, "Oh, who's this guy?" But you know, there's always you know, there's always somebody. We all have our matches, you know. There's always someone like, "Oh, yeah. I find that person interesting." So after a thousand girls maybe watch this, you might get one, right? <laughs> that was for the ladies. You know, love yeah. one of the four pillars. So in order, you have to put it out in the world in order to get it. That was also me. <laughs> being the wingman that I am also. <laughs> yeah, you kind of caught me off guard. Did you see my face? I was like, I know, that uh, yeah. Was, that, yeah. Was, that was my intention there. I have to throw a curveball every now and then. So, yeah. and so anyhow, when it comes with the market conditions, right? And just to get mm -hmm. back on topic there, you know, I just had to have a little fun, you know? And Absolutely. so anyhow, is that I really liked how, when you were looking at that, when it comes to renting and buying, you broke that down so good on like, I think that most people's problems come at a personal finance level, meaning that everyone thinks that they, they want something, but they don't understand how to get it, right? So one of the things that I think that people want to buy a home, but they don't know what they have to do, which is why I think I just want to sum up that my one add-on to renting is that I personally believe that if you're bad with personal finance and handling money, owning an asset, it's like having a child. It's that mm -hmm. you have to maintain that asset no matter what. When the market goes up, then there's all types of like fixed mortgages, FHA loans, and people don't understand those opportunities to where you even think that when you're renting, it's only first, last, and security, which some people get outraged that 
I know that I understand that the opportunities of the housing market and the cost is outrageous now. But when it comes to buying a home, there's a penalty sometimes, like, and I don't mean to say it that way, to where if you don't have enough money to put a down payment on there, mm -hmm. there's something on the back end that you're paying for that <laughs> you don't realize that from renting that you yeah. might benefit because all you're doing is forking out $8,000 max, you know? Right. And, it's, and, then, and then you have, like, you won't get foreclosed on, you know? And then it's like, it might be easier to remove breaking the lease because you only owe $2,000 on rent is why you broke lease or something like that. And you can just go back and repair that. But anyhow, right. I want to segue into the last and final thing we want to talk about is the crypto and stock market, once again, I'm being selfish. Is that so? Yeah. <laughs> so I want to know what is your outlook on crypto? Like, I, I don't know. I was looking for when you wrote this book, though. And one of the things uh -huh. that was in it was that I know when the time that you wrote that book, I don't think the metaverse was as big as it is now. Or wasn't. wasn't like that pay-to-play gaming and stuff. See, and mm -mm. that's where I see visionary in you is the best investors see opportunities before they're obvious, you mm -hmm. know? And then so that that's why it's all relative to the book is why I asked is because I believe in the crypto space, the metaverse, because people want to escape reality. That whole multiverse, the ready player one stuff. And I, and I understand that. So I personally am... Like, I, I already know that you and I have different investment strategies in crypto, but mm -hmm. I would like you to tell people yours. Like, uh, like I know you're on the sidelines now, is what you were saying. You're on the sidelines yeah, yeah. waiting for, for an opportunity. What's mm -hmm. a good, let's, none of this is financial advice, by the way. There you go. I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. none of this is financial Not advice. Not financial advice. We're just, we're just going... For entertainment and value purposes, do your own research on things. We're just two guys who are interested in this new and prevailing asset. And so take what you want as entertainment. This is just two guys' opinions on this. So <laughs> anyhow, and you should never make, I just want to say this. No, anyone who hears this, you should never make big financial decisions from some random person on the internet. <laughs> no way. No. I don't no care way. what kind of Ferrari he has, what kind of video he's taking in the mansion, no matter screenshot of his portfolio, you should make educated decisions based on your situation. And <laughs> before I agree. we go any further. Yeah. All right. So That's anyhow, good. We put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, is what is your play on the crypto and what is something that you're keeping an eye on? Okay, so it's, it's a good question. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of crypto, as as you know, and some some of my friends and people around me know. Big fan of crypto. Uh, I think it's here to stay. I think it's the future. Uh, you can see how much attention it's getting. I think it's misunderstood by the masses. Not the majority of people, all they know is probably Bitcoin, and they might hear negative things about it. And it's usually whether it's up or down. So if the market goes and people lose money, oh, it's bear. You get stay away from that stuff. Well, it's just markets. You know, this is a new market. It's a brand new market. I look at it as like um, you just take the whole crypto market as let's just call it like another like Dow Jones that just started or an S and P five hundred. 
or a NASDAQ index. Just look at it that way. It's a brand new asset class, right? Whole new stock market. Like that should be a thought that everyone should be like, hmm, it's an interesting way to look at it. Like there's the S&P, there's the Dow Jones, there's the NASDAQ. And you got this whole crypto class and it's just beginning. This is web 3.0. This is, there's web 1, 1.0, we'll just call it web 2.0, which is what we're on right now. And then there's web 3.0, which is like blockchain technology. Big fan of it. I see a lot. I mean, do I understand it fully and in depth? Um, I think I'm good enough, but I became more of a chart guy. Reading charts was where I spent a lot of my time. I want to read those candles and be able to try to, which is tough predict, forecast the markets. Why? Because I'm an investor and I love this crypto investments, blockchain, and some of these projects. I like what they're doing. And um, I can see how they're going to be the, you know, something used in the world and on the horizon because of how advanced the technology it is. And I want to invest on these startup projects. These are startups. These are nothing's even fully, fully utility working. We all know that. And that's the first thing. So if you People are like, they hear negative things about crypto. Well, one, there's a bunch of junk in there because regulations, at least for the US, hasn't even kind of squashed this to get some of this junk out. But there's some real like problems being solved with some of these crypto projects that are more advanced than what we have today. And I would like to invest in those. And I would like to take a bet on it. Is it gambling? Absolutely. Why? Because I don't know if this company is going to survive. It's no different than the dot-com bust. You know, pets.com was supposed to be it, which there is pets.com today. But back when the dot-com era happened and stuff, people were betting on, oh, it's a dot-com. It's a dot-com. I'm going to bet on this company. And some of those didn't work out. A lot of them didn't work out. you know. And the ones that did, like even Amazon and stuff, they're going to be ones that work out. It's going to be the same thing with crypto, the way I look at it. There's going to be ones that work out. And you have to do a lot of research and a lot of work. And you have to go through all the hype. And you got to watch out you know, because there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to tell you this is how great this is. And it's not that great. And it's, it's tough. Because everyone's, there's, there's always going to be the scammers. There's going to be some toxic entrepreneurs out there hustling, <laughs> lying, stealing, and cheating, trying to, hey, send this to my wallet and I'll send you back more. Stuff like that, you know, like lying and stuff, hacking people's wallets and stuff. But um, so to, to answer your question, like, um, in, in, I, I, I mostly will give you as much as I can. I have a membership with some of my, um, some of my team and my members that I'm very like loyal to because they've been good to me and I just want to keep, give them that and, you know, be loyal to them. So there's stuff that they actually pay for that is hard. I put in probably 10 hours a day reading charts, at least, at least 10 hours a day, nonstop. And that, so anyways, the, um, there's, there's some projects. I probably won't go over too many assets. I mean, if you ask me, I'll say yay or nay on it, if I like it Just or not. one or two. Okay. And um, I'll say nay to Bitcoin. <laughs> I'm not a Bitcoin guy. Um, just because I think it's old school technology in the blockchain world. Um, I'll, I'll throw something out there. I think, I think basic attention token. Um, I think... <laughs> I think the FF, if there's an asset right now that has a use case that is kind of working, that's real life working, it's basic attention token with the Brave browser yes. and you earn crypto. I, I get I get paid. To, I'm on the internet right here. Am I getting paid to be on the internet? Pretty much. I mean, it's not a lot of money, but I keep getting deposits into my uphold account saying, oh, you got basic attention because I have my browser connected to it. So people might be like, what is he talking about? This Brave browser and stuff. It's like a new, it's like the Mozilla project. So Brendan Ike, who created JavaScript is the one who created the Brave browser and they have the yeah. basic attention token. So um, that would be an asset that I think has a use case and I think it's going to do well. Do I think it's going to go down in value before it does well? Yeah. yeah. Why? Absolutely. I just look at, I, I have a different look on the market. I think it's all controlled at a higher level. I think we're doing a great reset right now. I think we're full on in it. I think the recession has already started 
for a lot of things. Um, I think it's all. And if you look at some of the stocks, we could talk about the Netflix of the world and the PayPal's of the world and Uber or Lyft. I mean, they're dropping. They're, is Tesla, Tesla's already started dropping. To get liquid, like you said earlier. So why am I a fan of fiat? Like you're saying, hey, just because we're a fan of crypto doesn't mean we hate fiat. I'm not against the dollar. No, no, I'm not against a dollar. We need we need a place to, you know, whether it's a stable coin or stuff, which that's a whole issue right now, you know, it's some of the stable coins. So, um, you know, this this whole crypto thing and this is just you know looking at that market i think it's it's a very it's going to be it's going to be the next level of you know it's just going to have an amazing run amazing successful future um, but right now you're going through like the changes like you almost have to break the old technology to show it doesn't work to the masses to introduce the new one and i feel like we're kind of testing stuff right now but i think the markets are not going to do very well here in the next um from now to the next couple months but I, I think that then there's something bright on the horizon. It's just yeah. figuring out which assets are going to probably be the bright ones is, is the tough thing to do, you know? So yeah, that's, that's kind of my take on it, but go ahead. Yeah. So I, 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 for one, just for other people is the basic attention token. If you look at Google, you are the product. Basic the Brave browser makes you the asset to using it is that and that's something that you want to look into and one of the things that just i just even though i'm interviewing you i just want to give something of my personal thoughts while we're talking about it is just that i think more people need to stop being so I, and when i say this i'm not against it because i don't have a crystal ball i have no idea what's going to work in the future so when i say this this is not fine but you have to break that Dogecoin mindset where it's like you're going to put a couple of dollars in and you're going to make $10 million. It's you need sound fundamentals on handling your finances that even when it comes that when you look at a Tesla balance sheet or these major companies that are buying Bitcoin it's because they have the old institutional money that they're trying to use Bitcoin as a store of value because it's allegedly anti-inflationary, but that's for another, that's for another conversation. But it's like, when it comes to making those decisions is when you're coming to make a portfolio, so to speak, is that it goes back to the know what you own and why you own it. It's that, mm -hmm. and that's the easiest way to start your due diligence process is that why are you investing? Don't like, and what I mean by like, and I'm not throwing shade at Dogecoin because I think there's an immense amount of potential because one of the most creative people of our time is attached to it. So and it has no utility now, but this guy could create something and attach that to it. And it could be exactly. something. And it's just like, and absolutely, I know nothing. I have no crystal ball and I get it that it was created as a joke, but crypto so early that nobody knows anything. And it's like, and I think the world and people should stop being so binary, this, this, and that, like, it, why not have it all? It's just like, there's some utility still to web two. Web three is not like, there's certain things that if you understand how block technology works, that there's certain problems that can't be solved on blockchain. Like there's like, there's this whole battle between centralization and decentralization. And it's like, not everything is for everyone. So not everyone, some people need the middleman 
to handle their finances, to keep their books. It's the reason why the bank makes profit off of overdraft fees is because the majority of people are terrible at personal finance, you know? And then so, and like, I just wanted to add to that, that I think the world should get less this or that and look at things this, I like how you said nay to Bitcoin, like, and not in a negative way. And just like, I want, like, no matter what, on the internet, because I'm going to post this on the internet, there's nothing stopping people from voicing their opinion. And it's like, and even though, like, he said nay to Bitcoin, and I kind of agree with it, it's just that people don't even understand why they're arguing with you why you say nay, you know? Right. And it's like, because they don't understand the protocol of Bitcoin and how it works. Mm -hmm. And then why your statement to me was pretty valid, you know? And it's not like, even though we have different takes because I'm a hodler, you know, yeah. but I yeah. also am not, I'm not, I'm not against taking profits is because my, my concept of hodling is that when people were buying it, when it was bullish, you know, and it's 3% cryptocurrency is like 3% of my net worth. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, so the other things like I have gold, I have silver, you know, and then it's like, you have all those things because it's good to be diverse because all money, gold, silver, um, the work that you exchange, trade skills, all that is is a massive bartering system. It's it like, is, yeah. All, it's, uh, I'll all, give you this for this. Yeah, exactly. Here's and this for this. The only thing. You're, you're right now, we're buying cryptocurrency with fiat, you know, and then the only thing is you're using it as a vehicle to multiply your dollars. And then mm -hmm. it's the same thing. And it's like, if people look at it from that way, and then that's the way that I want them to look at it. And then, so I just wanted to add that on top of what you were saying. And then, Absolutely. So, but, Absolutely. Yeah. And people might think like, this guy's big into crypto, but he doesn't like care for Bitcoin. And that's like the one that made, and it's, it's just really, to me, it's just, I, 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 Bitcoin's cool for me. But if someone's like, hey, is that the one that you want that you're, you're big on? I'm going to say no. And you're like, why? I'm like, well, it's kind of, to me, old school in the crypto world. So yes, it's the most popular. It's number one. But, and there's obviously the market cap and money and stuff is in it, but that's not the one that I like for technology wise. I think that there is, mm -hmm. you know, there's the flip phone and then there's the iPhone. I think I want to bet on the mm -hmm. iPhone and I think Bitcoin's a flip phone. And I don't think people can really, I mean, people can argue that all they want, but I think of most of them that even like Bitcoin, they're like, look, man, it's store value. It's like digital gold. I like it for whatever those reasons. But I know when I move Bitcoin and I move another asset, I know that Bitcoin's slower in it. I don't know that mm -hmm. just from hearing about it. I use it. I do it. When I move Bitcoin around, it takes a lot longer. So I'm like, all right, well, wh this one's moving faster, you know, mm. which one do I like? You know, the one that moves faster, you know, and, you know, XR XRP like, is a popular one. Like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. X XRP. I, I was early, like I wasn't early, but I was like, you were the one who introduced me to XRP and like, they're like, I'm sorry. And the thing is, it doesn't, no, yeah, but, but see, but we're early in it. See, that's the thing that when someone tells me something, I do my own due diligence, you know, and then I, you don't have to be sorry. I got out of it early. Like yeah. we, when I saw that it wasn't quite doing what I wanted to, and it was just staying while all these other projects were going here. And I was trying to raise capital. So I was like off of, off of advice you had swayed me to but not really swayed me to you had made me more aware of and then mm -hmm. it was like when because i'm i still hodl yeah. i didn't start taking profits until you mentioned it to me mm -hmm. and then and then and you didn't even mention it you're very like you're just like 
kind of rolled your eyes when I said yeah. it. It was hilarious. Uh, yeah, and then I picked up on it. And I was like, oh, what, what is that? Like, and then, like, and then it was like, still, but you get the idea of like, even just to go back onto it, because I'm going to defend you on something here. Okay, <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's when you make those analysis things, mm -hmm. right? And then you tell people, like, even when it comes, like, what's your, your cold take or hot take on the real estate market? When you do those things, that's your take. It's like it's information and it's you doing the work. So then for mm -hmm. someone to come in, which is where I'm going into the mental health, four pillars, is mm -hmm. that part of your health is your mental health. And when you're providing a service, no matter what, people will always throw the stones at the person when they're wrong, you know? But no one, which is why I'm trying to give you more flowers, is because on how, like, you've made me money, you know? It's like, and then, like, you, you're the one who initially told me the entire setup, even though you were vague, you gave me enough, is what it was. I went to a source that I trusted, and you had given it to me. And then it's like, when people, like, he was wrong about this. And I was like, uh, was he though? And it's just like, no one has the crystal ball on the timing, right? The timing is the hard part. But also what you should do is like, what I've been doing is seeing how you do, you have a different take. You do fractal analysis as mm -hmm. a technical thing. And mm -hmm. that's much different than traditional technical analysis. And right. then, I started noticing patterns, which is something else that maybe later, once I tighten up my podcast, guys, and you guys tell me how much you love this guy, because I do. And <laughs> it, when we go back to, I'm going to let you go here in a few seconds here. You're good. So You're good. Then, I just see candles so, moving sometimes. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> the charts are always then, on. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so, because that's opportunity. And then that's the same thing about, when pe I want people to get from these interviews, you're my very first one, and the other people is that how the how other people see opportunity, and it's not a contest on how much money someone has, you know. And it's like I, I say the same thing when it comes to like, hey, XRP is going to do this, and if it doesn't, but the one thing that people should take from that is when they're telling you that there's still some gaps here, right? Mm -hmm. What makes you think that no one knows the time that it's gotta be filled. And then it's like, and then it's true. And then I just want to go on the defense on the people who seem to think that you're supposed to be the manager of their portfolio. Mm -hmm. And it's not, you're not, you're no one's daddy. You know, and it's like, like you have to do the due diligence. The only thing you're doing is giving someone a different perspective. That's the same mm -hmm. reason why I also think that, like, so most of the news that I consume, it's from other countries, right? And then I like to hear what they say about, so I watch some of my news sources from YouTube, you know, and then mm -hmm. so like, and then, but like from actual news channels that post to YouTube. You know, mm -hmm. and then so like, and I like a different perspective. I don't, I like to get a different view of things to, to be in a different situation. And I really appreciate, even though I don't understand, I'm not, a, I'm a fundamental investment. That's like you were saying about basic attention token. The reason mm -hmm. why I was ecstatic about it is because 
that is actually no one thinks like that was more controversial than saying Bitcoin nay. You know, there's tons right. of people who are like Ethereum maxis who hate Bitcoin. You know, right. and it's uh, and it's like, but for you to be bullish in the future mm -hmm. of basic attention token, absolutely, that's very wise. Especially since DuckDuckGo is the browser in it, and it's about privacy and blockchain. It's about like we're not just we're just numbers. And I, and I I like that idea. Like I don't think people realize the revolution of people just being numbers is more powerful than you think. And then mm -hmm. and it's like instead of because one last thing before I let you is you mentioned about. And this is going to sound very, what's the word I'm looking for? This is going to sound very, not doomsdayer, conspiracy theorist, is that when you said the Great Reset, the things are there right in front of you, people. It's just that I'm not saying that I'm right or wrong. I'm just saying consider things with a side eye. There's like the cost of food. You know, then there's this whole World Economic Forum. You ever heard of them? The World Economic Forum? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. with all Klaus then, Schwab. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then just like if you look up Klaus and see how they weren't elected people who are making major financial decisions and globally, it's something to look into. And it's it's just that part of the Great Reset is that even though there's going to be positive things that come from it, if you don't start looking into understanding how these things operate, technology is going to consume us at a greater level. If mm -hmm. the ones that refuse, you're going to be resistant to it, but it's like you had no choice on the self-checkout. It was there. You had no choice on the, the self-driving cars here. You had like, you had, people had no idea that Uber was a successful business that's actually just a software company, which most people don't realize is just a software company that yep. uses people and an algorithm to control it. And it's like, it's not like it's a doomsday. Like there's very tangible reasons that technology is good. It's just mm -hmm. that it's, I'll leave with this and then I'll ask my final question to you is that um, I like the Jurassic Park quote. It's mm -hmm. when Jeff Goldblum was in there. He's like, your scientists were so focused on if they could, they never stopped to think if they should, you know? And it's, uh, it's like, I love that perspective just because with innovation comes great responsibility. And then so on the other hand is when, you're fine. And then so when we focus on progress, most people need to have the self-awareness to find out where their position is when the shift happens. The greatest mm -hmm. wealth transfer of our time is happening right now. Mm -hmm. And my, my last thing that I would say, I personally believe part of the Great Reset is that there's only going to be two classes, poor and rich. Mm -hmm. And then like, it's, it's going to be like this is what's going to be crazy. It's going to be, the rich are going to be here monetarily, but mm -hmm. you're going to be like, you're, you're either going to be someone who's, everybody's going to be paycheck to paycheck, uh, universally based income or anything like that. And then, so anyhow, I don't want to go too deep down that rabbit hole. What I want to follow up with and lead with, you as the entrepreneur and visionary, you 
have some things that you didn't think I was watching, but I'm watching. What is your outlook with your, your I believe you're developing an app? Yes. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have an app that's you, very still. Go ahead. Do you mind talking about it? I didn't, um, I didn't want to blind. No, it's okay. Me. I appreciate you. It's okay. That's good. It's all hey, authentic <laughs> content. Um, yeah, I don't mind talking a little bit about it. And um, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I keep some, a lot of stuff that I do stealthy and um, it's just mm-hmm. because uh, I learned sometimes when you just kick it out, you're just like, you create competition sometimes. I don't, I love competition in a way, but you know, sometimes it's like, uh-huh. dude, you're working hard and you're like, you can give some, you can give a competitor a really a head start, help them solve a problem to really like, they didn't see that. So you just got used in a way. So, um, yeah, so yeah, 100%. so I have a, I have an application and it's been, I've been working on it for about eight years. We'll see what ends up with it, but, um, I had to obviously restart it and I, rebuild it multiple I'm times. I'm going to respect what you just said there. I'm going to respect and interject. Go ahead. With that being said, what is your outlook for yourself personally in the next five years? So we can look back on this and say that even if it involves where that solution that you're bringing to the marketplace hands mm-hmm. out, if that's a part of it, the reason why I asked it, but I also mm-hmm. want to respect what you said because I strongly agree with it. What is your outlook on where you want to be in the next five years? Next five years. Uh, I, I'm time is important to me. Um, it's, it's not, I mean, it's, there is not a, a money thing like where I'm like, Hey, I need to have this much money. It's, um, uh, generate a good amount of wealth. It's obviously the health is important. It's really my pillars that I'm looking at. So the next five years, and if you're just referring to that app specifically, I would say I would like that app in the next five years in the towns and many towns across the United States and um, in creating balance because that's what it's doing. And uh, that's what I would like that app to be doing, to be creating balance, which then in turn is creating jobs in those towns and not, for example, you know, all the money in San Francisco or a lot of money in Seattle, Washington. I want it to be pretty balanced because that helps out humanity and it helps out others uh, just income wise and stuff. And I want, I want, I want some of the, you know, the lower end of people that are not really doing too well in life or trying to come up to, um, to be able to stay afloat And the app would actually allow them to, um, to actually generate income. So it actually, the, the app actually helps somebody monetize no different than um, Uber, an Uber driver, somebody being an Uber driver and making money through their service. Uh, you as a user on my app would be making money. Nice. I just like by, that. hey, just by using it. Yeah, so I, I would like, like that. That would help. That would help impact a lot of people and help them out. So that would be the, that's the ultimate goal is to make it work. And then in turn, it, it impacts humanity. Right. That's the end goal yeah. for five years. That's a big job. But it's there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. And, it's, and now I'm, we're going to look back on this in five years, Lord willing, you know. <laughs> we'll put that out there. I don't mind putting that out there. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And one yeah. last thing, and then we'll wrap this up. What is one quote that is the most inspirational to you that you would like people to hear today? One quote that you think that inspires and motivates you that like, and I know one of your, I, I don't want to mention which one I already know it is, but I think I know I'm gonna write it down and then show you. To write it down. I, yeah, I got a couple of them and I'm going through which one I want to select. I mean, one is one that I th- came up with myself. It's my own, own personal quote Ooh. through thought. 
And then other one is like maybe something like Zig Ziglar. Like if you help enough people get what they want, you can have everything you want. <laughs> yeah, that's what you got. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm a big give to get kind of guy. And, you know, I think about how, like, if you had like the way the world is today, a lot of people are trying to take, 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 take. And it's, there's always going to be losers and it's okay. And stuff like people aren't going to receive, but there a lot of people, it's just imagine doing the opposite of that. Like, let's say every person was a giver. What happens to the world? Is everyone going to probably be receiving? Yeah. If you got this, if you got, let's just say one person trying to give to like, like help and give to 10 people. And then out of those 10 people, each one of those 10 people are doing the same thing. What happens? People start receiving, right? The whole world receives because you're going to eventually by probability blanket the world. But if everyone's like, no, I'm going to be, I don't, I'm going to want to help people forget everybody. I hate, you know, yeah, yeah. I want out for myself. I want it all. I want it all. And people aren't, they're taking, everyone's taking. There's a lot of what negativity. I hate that. Part. There's a lot, but you just see, I, I could, you can easily change the world by just giving, by providing, but no one wants to, because there's, Obviously, there's the ego involved and jealousy and stuff. But anyways, that's why I like if you help enough people and some people are like, why? And some there's people I don't want to help anymore. And I don't I cut it. But I I look for the people that I think are good people and have good character. I'm like, I want to help that person. Right. And if they're a nasty person, I don't want to help that person because they'll use it for the wrong reasons. They'll like, you know, anyway, so I kind of am like that now. I'm kind of selective, which is probably like you shouldn't be that way, Chris. But I'm like, oh, man, that's how I am right now at this point in my life until something (laughs) changes. So I like to help and I like to give and help good. You know, I want to help good people that do deserve it right so uh that that quote by zig ziglar is a is one it might be by somebody else too might not be zig but i think he said it and then um you know if you give it attention it'll give you attention is something that i push to people i'm like like if somebody's like and this has to do with success like you know and it's almost like you know if if, if you want to be good at something you gotta go be bad at it first you know and some people are just like what should I do to be, you know, I want to be successful at this. I'm like, you got to give it attention. What do you mean? I'm like, well, do you wake up every day and do that? I don't care if you're terrible at playing the guitar. Do you try every day? No. Well, I'm like, you're not giving it attention. So that being good at a guitar is not going to give you attention. I tell them that. So you're not going to, nothing's going to work out. Are you going to be good at real estate? Well, give it attention. Well, what should I do? I don't know. What should you do? Give it attention. What do you mean? I'm like, think of something right now that you would do for real estate. What should you do? Uh, should I go update my Facebook to, yes, that's giving it attention. You gave the business <laughs> attention. Should I maybe go take some professional photos and stuff and maybe get business cards made and maybe start creating content uh, and maybe going on the MLS and learning data and learning the market and maybe, you know, train, going through one of your training courses. Should I do that? You're giving it all attention. You should probably do that if you want a result in that field. So if you give it attention, it'll give you attention. Now I'll say this: you you got to watch out what you give it to. If you keep giving <laughs> some girl attention and she's just like, "Stop!" You just, I mean, actually, some people probably win on the persistence. But you know what I mean? Sometimes <laughs> it, in that field, getting a human being. But if it's a like a goal, something that's like not <laughs> has emotions or something, and it's like a Read you know, the room. yeah, you you give it attention, it'll give you attention. But I'm like, all right, like, I don't want some guy to be like, yo, you told me to give it attention. Give me, I've been giving this girl so much attention. She's ignoring me. She's blocked me. She's pushed me out of her life. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I don't know what kind of attention you're giving it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think if you help enough people get what they want, you can have everything that you want. And I think, and there's probably tons of other quotes I can, you know, come up with and stuff that I just haven't thought, I haven't thought about in a while. I've just been so into, 
you know, trying to <laughs> predict the future <laughs> that with these charts and stuff that <laughs> it, there's nothing, all the motivational stuff that I learned, it's still within me. You're pulling it out as we're talking. I don't do this as much anymore, yeah. but it's in there and it's, I wrote the books and stuff, you know, and it's in there, but, um, but yeah, here we are, you know, and I'm just, um, you know, this, I'm enjoying the journey. I'll tell you what, that journey is, is, is interesting. It's a whole lesson of life and you, you think you have it figured out and it, you'll never have it figured out. So like, um, was it, here's a quote right here. What, um, by Socrates, it's, uh, uh what is that? What I, what, what I don't know. Um, uh, uh, I can't remember. Uh, all in all, in the end, I realized that I know nothing. I know that's what I was getting at. Yeah. What I know is I know nothing pretty much is what I was getting at. So I'm like, I, you know, you think the human thinks, oh, they got to figure it out. You don't know nothing. You never will. And you're not supposed to. No, you're just, no. Yeah. That ego, you got to drop that ego and just, you know, come down to a lower level. And I wanted to touch on one last thing. I know we can, we can talk forever. Obviously it seems it's good content. Um, Is that in order for a great reset, and this is the sad part of what, what I'm about to say. And it's unfortunate because you hear me say, oh, if you help enough people get what they want, you can have everything you want. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, do you think, and we're just by probability and statistics, that everyone is supposed to win? The answer is no, not everyone's going to win. Like if you're talking about like during a great reset, you just said earlier, like there's poor and rich, right? So is everyone going to be rich off of like, let's say crypto or this great reset? Is everyone going to read the chart right? Is everyone going to invest in the right thing? Is everyone going to pick? The right thing. Do you see that? Do you have you seen that happen in the world that everyone became, you know, a multimillionaire at once? No. And if they did, what happens? That becomes the average, right? That becomes the norm. That becomes what the average is. So unfortunately, for everything to work and do a great reset and forth, you know, people to somebody to be successful, you need a large amount of people going in the same direction with the same thinking and it's sad because it's kind of leading the sheep to get slaughtered, but that's the only, the only way for the real estate market to be a bubble and to work is you got to send a bunch of people to go buy the top and to push it up. It's unfortunate. Have we all been in there? It's a lesson though in life. So it's okay to lose. I I tell, you know, I take two L's and I can create a W, you know, (laughs) you eventually will get a win because the losses are going to teach you things to help you. So it's okay it's okay for people to lose. People are going to lose. People are going to lose their portfolios and lose money and they're going to lose a lot of money, right? If they're, you know, betting, let's just say crypto, right? They're investing in all these startup projects that might not work out or just the charts. It's going to go to crap and they're going to be real mad. They're going to probably blame somebody, you know, not hold themselves accountable. Uh, you know, you were saying earlier, like, it's not your fault, Chris, that if their portfolio, you're just sharing data information, which is what I do. And I try to push that as much now. I'm like, look, I'm going to work my butt off. Like I have my memberships for my membership group. I'm like, I'm going to work my butt off. And if you want to believe in me and you want to pay for my membership, you're going to get that out of me. And that's what I give them. Mm-hmm. And, but I will tell them like, you guys do what you guys want. I'm telling you what I'm doing and I'm going to try my, I'm going to work my butt off and I'm giving you information. You should use that information and go compare it with others and come up with your own. You know, you should, mm-hmm. that's what you should do. But the average person does, you're now asking the average person to have a mindset like we're talking. But then again, it's just like, well, then if everyone has the mindset of Mike James and Chris, like then. Is that the, is that, then we become the average, that becomes the norm, you know, but does everyone have that? And the answer is no. A lot of people don't think, they don't even think. The problem is, is no one thinks they don't use their brain. They just kind of go with emotions, how they feel, whatever. They're looking for the quick scratch off lottery ticket approach, gambling on Doge, hoping they get rich. Like that's not nothing that we do. We might say, eh, I'll throw a little play on that, but we're aware of that. We're not banking on it just in case we'll go ahead and just in case we can make some money during that time as, but we're, 
already thinking and analyzing that kind of that spectrum happening like oh this thing looks like it could just be the shiba go up and then crash or whatever it can be the luna effect you know where it just drops out so unfortunately there's a large amount of people need to go in a direction for everything to work if you want to break away from that and read it not everyone's going to have the mindset to do this but somebody might be watching this is like oh i see what he's saying you should be reading you should be able to catch yourself when you're in the herd you need to be able to recognize yo i'm in the herd what am i doing here you just <laughs> light bulb moment came on like everyone you talk to is agreeing with you and saying the same thing and you guys are all feeding off each other and fueling the herd even more to say we're wrong that person over there, Michael Burry, is an idiot. Yep, yep, he's an idiot. So you can put a you can put a hundred people in the room, right? And let's say Mike James is one of the hundred, right? There's nine ninety nine other people, and they they make up the average. But then you got this Mike James guy in there, and he kind of is looking at things, analyzing things, looking real deep. He's a thinker. This guy's thinking. He's putting some thought into it. But the other ninety nine people think this guy doesn't know anything. He's an idiot. And the other guy next to him is like, yeah, he doesn't know anything. And they're feeding off each other because they're both like, yeah, see, we're right. Yeah, we're right. <laughs> they're, the, they're the average they're the masses and they don't realize it yeah. and they're going into a direction and they think you're the idiot mm -hmm. and then time comes then xrp goes under 20 cents and you're like hmm, what happened here i thought it was going to ten dollars right away we all yeah. said that we all were agreeing that and i'm not saying that to throw people every a lot of people my followers followers know that i've been saying this for a while now i'm just trying to give them understanding of why, why, why am I, why would I be the one that like people, oh, people are throwing, you know, a lot of people hate you. They like, that's fine. I'm reading that. <laughs> you don't like what I'm saying. You don't like me telling you that the market might go down. I get it. I'm not trying to do it to hate or hurt or anything, but it's against their belief. And if a bunch of people are all thinking the same thing and I'm like, wait, you guys are all thinking the same thing. Everyone's I'm reading that and I'm using that as information to say, okay, well, let me see what the data says, because right now you guys are kind of scaring me. So I go and work my butt off and I'm like, I think this thing comes down. No, Mr. Level Up's an idiot. Chris is an idiot. Yada, yada, yada. It's not coming down there. And they all <laughs> think it. So then there's a bunch of, so I don't get the likes. I don't get the followers. I don't have the big mm -hmm. YouTube account. No one wants to follow me because they think I'm an idiot. And everyone goes into a direction and follows all these other people. And these, all these other accounts get real big and stuff. And they're all saying, yes, everyone's going to get rich. Everyone's going to get rich. Mm -hmm. And I'm just talking to you earlier. I said, how, how many times have you seen that happen where the whole mass is, that becomes the norm if that's the case. Like, hey, we all got to figure it out. I think people are going to do good in crypto, but I don't think it's as easy as it like, oh, yep, I'm just going to throw some money in here and it goes up and everything's good mm -hmm. unless you get it at a right time. But you need to probably be able to read the charts and stuff. So just to wrap up with that, not to drag that out. I just understand mm -hmm. that, that there is a mass amount of people, if they're going in a direction, I need to read that and understand that and then compare my data with it and say either they're right or wrong because the masses can win i think i just think that's a very grain of a salt chance so i might bet on the doge which is what we're talking about hey everyone's talking about doge should i buy it people call me asking me should i buy luna hey luna's down should i buy it and i'm like no no like well now that it's down but while it was falling, they said, can I buy it? And if they would have bought, and I was like, no, stay away from it. Why are you messing with it? It fell all the way again, another almost 100%, like, as you know, the percentages. So anyways, like, I- Structurally, it's bad. <laughs> at the end of the day, I just tried to work my butt off and think a lot and provide data to those. And that's why I don't market. You don't hear, you won't ever hear me saying, hey, come sign up for my website. Hey, like this, retweet yeah, this. Yeah. You'll never see that from me. And you never, no one ever has. Mm. And you'll never see that on my YouTube videos. And I might not be the most popular person on YouTube. I could have, I could have been like, 
hey, retweet this and really pump this and mm-hmm. just utilize and been that entrepreneur. $150,000. Could have took advantage of everybody. People. Could have easily yeah. took advantage of it. But that's against who I am as a person. That's, that's me compromising my integrity. And I didn't want to do that. And I didn't believe in that. And I'm not going to do that. I'm going to work hard and I'm going to bust my butt for the right ways and the right things. And those that actually find me of value, will I'll connect with them. And that's who I want anyways. And if it's a small group, I'm cool with that. I want the small, I want the small group. There was like a, a quote that I actually saved. Let me just, I'll say this. It was, um, no, no, I no, just, no, go for it. I, I love I, this. This is, a. Uh, oh, it was, oh, it's on this phone. It's on this phone. It was, um, it was on <laughs> one of the, it was on an Instagram and I wish I had it right here in front of me, but it was, um, it had to do with, um, it was Ryan Reynolds quote, and it was on a motivational mindset thing. And it had him something to do with a small group. You want to, the small groups are the ones that you do well. Like, you know, mm-hmm. why is, I don't know. Why is this, this phone's not supposed to have calls coming through. It's having calls come through, but anyways, it was to do with, you know, the small group is where is what you want. You want the small group. You don't want to, don't worry about trying to be popular and stuff and all that stuff. You want the small group. That's where you can get the result. You can get the success. Mm-hmm. So either life will give you the attention, like from having a big group and a bunch of followers and you get the attention, that's your reward. If you're a big, you know, that's your reward. Hey, you got the attention. You might play the market terribly because that wasn't your focus. Your focus was build a YouTube channel, get the attention. I want the subscribers. I want this. That was your focus. That's all you cared about. You wanted to, you'll do fake thumbnails and stuff like that to get that. That's all you wanted. Life's going to give you that because what you gave attention gave you attention. So I'm not Mm -hmm. discounting that, but that person also wants to play the market, right? Wants to win the market. It's like, "Ah, it doesn't work that way. You weren't doing that. Mm -hmm. You weren't going after that. You were going after this, the likes, the followers, the views. That's what you wanted. And life gave it to you. You got a nice high from it, right? Feels good. Felt good. Everyone, but it's it's a dopamine hit. So it's not going to be long lasting. And then Mm -hmm. you can be this, you could, or you can be the person that's like, you know what, man, don't really care about that. I'm just going to really focus on it trying to figure this out, trying to be a really good investor, trying to find the market, read the market right, figure out the bottom, figure out the tops, really work hard on that. And that's my focus. Mm -hmm. And that person will get the result probably that they want. Life will give that to them. If they put in that work, they'll get that. They're not doing, they're not going after the other stuff. But the thing is the person doing that might get that. And then they might actually get the followers, which is what they wanted, you know, which maybe was something you wanted anyways, maybe. Elon's a perfect example or anybody that's created something, a creator, somebody that's created mm-hmm. something, go look at their, go look at Jeff Bezos's at, you know, his Twitter account or something. How many followers does he have? Mm-hmm. You know, he's got millions. What do you do to get them? He, does. <laughs> he, tr- he, he created, created something. something. He straight created something or he, <laughs> he helped. Hey, it was, he did. It's helping in a way. So people might look at negatives, mm-hmm. but how awesome is it is that you can get a product to your doorstep within literally now it's like, less than a day almost sometimes but let's say within a day or two like you can like go online and get it boom at a good price too fast boom mm-hmm. dropped off Th- that's helping humanity it's like that's really an awesome service and my obviously other businesses like dude it's hurting me <laughs> but that's innovation mm-hmm. it, but it's the, the customer wanted that so that's why it's happened so and that guy's got a bunch of people following him he doesn't really care because that's not important to him or elon musk doesn't really care about the followers it's not important to him he's having fun doing exploring I Earth. That. I, I think he loves the followers. you think he likes it okay um, oh, so maybe yeah. he likes for, it now for, I, for other reasons than than just attention gotcha I, I feel like he's being a part of the whole and we can be conspiracy theorists right on this i don't mind being called that mm-hmm. i think that he's a part of this a d- 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 distraction and stuff he's a distraction oh, 100%. and he's doing it like he probably likes it and he's having fun but 
he wasn't, I guess, trying to get followers and likes, but now he's enjoying it, you know, because he probably, he's been working his whole life. Now he's like playing around over here on Twitter, you know, <laughs> we can analyze it so much and try to figure it out. Hey, but uh, He's a brilliant, but the touch base on what you said, because I know you have to leave at one. And then, so anyhow, is that, yeah. and then, so anyhow, it, when you said that you believe that everyone can win, I'm just going to add some things onto that, is that the answer is no. And then I'm actually working on writing a book myself about, it's called The Change for Good, just like this podcast, The Change for Good podcast. My whole premise of why I started my business and my company was because I wanted to inspire people to change their perspective in life, to be more centric, more selfish, but in a positive light, to rethink the way that, be like you can't save the world until you save yourself and and it's one of those things where i believe that the ego and what i changed was banishing my ego to where even when you mentioned the likes and followers my business like my my working clients out virtually writing plans and everything increased once i abandoned the the toxic hustle culture of the of entrepreneurship where likes and follows clickbait and things yes. like that um right and then like and it was like i just because i went to a crypto meetup at groundswell last night and i was telling someone there and i was like listen you're thinking that tiktok and all that stuff has to be dancing why don't you literally do what gandhi said and be the change that you wish to see is that yes. upload the content that isn't ignorant and give value to the world because you know they're there why don't you be that person who's telling them, I can do this. You can do this. Shift your mindset and do that. I believe that even in the positive, this would be something later I'll talk to you about, is that even the positivity world and mental health is toxic. It's the overly excessive, like it's narcissistic to believe that everyone would think the same. I believe like the fact that you think that every person we can't even agree on. Like if you ask someone what color car they wanted, everyone mm -hmm. wouldn't agree on it. But then if everyone had to have the same car, that wouldn't be possible. And then not to quote Gary V, but I love the fact that he talks about empathy and compassion. And mm -hmm. it's like, it's like, we don't have to agree the same thing. I'm like, you know what? You know, I like I'm a hodler. But mm -hmm. I'm very compassionate to, and I empathize to how you invest, you know? And it's like, we don't have to agree on everything. And then that, cause that's narcissistic to believe that we have to like, and then who, whose agreement do we have to reach? Yours or mine? Right. That's never like, and then we got to make a decision there. So someone's going to have to decide to be empathetic and compassionate and be like, and be authentic about it. Because if you're fake about it, that's when all that other negative stuff seeps in, the jealousy, yeah. the direction, and then stuff like that. But I just wanted to add that to it. Just being aware. It's like awareness. Being aware, like you said, that everyone's not going to think the same and being okay with that. Like, that's huge. Mm -hmm. Like, are you, you're aware that everyone doesn't think the same. Okay, that's one thing. And you can, people can say, yeah, yeah, I know that. Are you okay with that? And some people are like, no, because my I'm right. And I want to be the one that's right all the time. And it's my way. And that's, that's where you're like, well, then that's wrong. It's the egos getting involved. You need that. That's not an open mind. 
I'm okay that somebody, and, and you give me information when you're talking about the fundamentals and stuff. I know I'm weak in that area. I have no problem talking about it because I put all my efforts into this candles, reading the candles. And, um, and I'm okay with like, I'll listen and be like, and I'll ask questions. I'm very humble about that, you know? And, and maybe some, and I talk to people all the time, like I'm really obsessed with the charts and I feel like I have a good, decent grip on it right now. Um, somebody might tell me, no, that's not happening. And they don't put any time like I put into it. Do I get mad or upset about that? No, everyone's built different. They probably got like kind of, they're set in their ways. The ego is probably there. Once again, if everyone has dropped the ego and everyone, you know, then, then, then you're, you become like less of value in a way, because it's like, you can't have, you know, everyone being an electrician in the world and think that the price is going to be high, a high value. It's really <laughs> supply and demand is what we're talking about here as human beings, supply and demand, Smarter. right? So <laughs> completely. So if there's a, if there's a bunch of people that are going to cut lawns, they're going to dry. And there's a lot of people that can open that business, which there has, what does it do to the price of cutting lawns? It kills the price because of supply. There's a lot of people doing it. Mm -hmm. So, um, so when it comes to like people winning, like I said, like, uh, it, it, is everyone going to win? It's, it's, it's referring to like everyone going in the same direction to win. Everyone's going to mm -hmm. cut lawns. For example, is everyone going to become rich if they go to cut lawns? No, they're going to kill the price in a way, you know, mm -hmm. but someone might be like, Oh, well, if everyone goes to invest into this, is it, well, it, is it, is it possible? I'm like, yes and no. But then if everyone goes to invest into something at some point, if everyone, some people are going to be late, so they're not going to win. So really no one, not everyone does win. Everyone can win at their own thing in life, their own purpose, what they're put on planet earth for. Absolutely. That winning, but I'm talking about somebody's like, everyone's going in the same direction for something that they are not connected to their purpose as they're just in no thoughts happening, just straight emotion. Do you think that wins? And it could be Shiba, it could be Doge investing in stuff like that. And I'm like, well, not everyone's going to win. And you know that as well. You're going to hear the stories of, Hey, this person almost like hitting a lottery. So I'm going to go play it. Hey, this person put this much in Doge and they made all this money. And they're like, see, man. So now one person thinks they can do that. And then who else thinks they can do that? Everybody else thinks they're going to do that. Mm -hmm. Does that happen? <laughs> no, it doesn't happen because it, it's almost like statistically and just going off of numbers, like it's improbable in a way. Like, well, no, because that'll push the price. Some of you guys are going to be late and it's not gone. Not everyone's going to get it. And they not don't forget get that he bought it five years ago. <laughs> right. That's the part that they forget about. <laughs> he bought it when it was, seemed like it would go to nothing. And, and that's yeah. what's going to happen again. You're going to see assets go to points where people are going to be like, I don't need, I already lost on my portfolio, I have a little bit of money and I'm scared to put it in because I think I might lose that too. And then either the wife or the husband or whoever, the partner is like, you need to stop this. You, we are losing money. We're going to lose our house. We're going to like, that's real. That's happening right now. That's happening that right now. That's what we're talking about. That, that is it. Who make those decisions is the that's wealth it. transfer. That's yeah. it. So we have to read that and try to be on the other side of that. If you want to be Unfortunately, it's sad because some people are going to lose, but be one of the winners, you know, that you're going to have to read all that. You're going to have to understand all that. You have to work a lot yep. to figure that out. And if you can, you can and do you well. Gotta take risk. Got to take a risk. <laughs> yeah, you got to have some liquid all too, right, money Chris. for it. It's good stuff, man. Yeah. Well, I'm really grateful that you took this interview. This is one of many that I'm going to pull out of you. And you're my first interview. One of my greatest friends. And I really thank you for the value that you gave to me. And I know you're already winning in life, but I want you to win in your way. And I believe that that's going to come to you. And it doesn't matter if anybody's watching the scoreboard, just keep your eye on your road. You know? 
Absolutely. The Patriots and the Falcons. I always won't ever forget it, but thanks, man. Don't worry. You could be be down. 